Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 536 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, along with my co-host, Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? I'm doing good. I'm doing yep. well. Uh, I have no New Year's resolution. You have no New Year's resolution? Is well, your New Year's resolution not to have New Year's resolutions? Well, it used to be. Uh, my secret New Year's resolution is to either lose 60 pounds or gain 100 Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Some My- days I feel uh, a little bit more slim than others. You know, I just, I, um, oh, I still have the Jackie Gleason closet. Mm-hmm. But this past weekend I went through and it's not so much I got things that were either like too big or too small. Cause I'm like in between right now, te- teetering toward the bigger end, you know? <laughs> right. Um, I didn't go through and get rid of the stuff that was like way on the big side, the stuff that was way on the small side. I mostly went through and got through the stuff that was dingy, mm-hmm. the stuff that was supposed to be white and is no longer even close to white. <laughs> right. Uh, the stuff that had mostly irreparable holes. Gotcha. Um, I could deal with like a small hole in an armpit or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but like once two belt loops have come off the jeans. Right. And those holes are now starting to get bigger. It's like, okay, those jeans can be retired. Ah, yeah. I have to constantly inspect my, uh, my identical clothes to see which ones are newer and which ones are older. Right. So you've got, you, I've got the Gleason closet. You've got the Brundle closet. Brundle. Have you ever seen the um, uh, the David Cronenberg version of The Fly from the 80s with uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis? I've seen it, but it's been so long. Right. So he has the closet where it's just the same outfit. It's like just it's 10 pairs of the same pants, 10 pairs of the same shirt, 10 pairs of the same jacket. Right. Right. So he never has to think about it. And like, he's like, oh, I took it from Einstein, you know? And like, because I was such a fan of that movie as a kid, I accredit it to Brundle, Jeff Goldblum's character in The Fly, as opposed to Einstein, the less popular of the two. Fair enough. But if you can, you can call it the Brundle closet. But when it, when it, when it's for me, it's the Jack Slater closet. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? So. You can call it the, the Slater closet, but not the, the 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 Brundle because that's more up my alley. If you gotcha, if you so we have we all have our uh, our our tropes that we uh, equate these things to, you know. Exactly, exactly. All right, so Todd, what do we got on the show this week? Um, another super light news week. A uh, couple upcoming projects from some writers. Also, uh, free digital books and sales. Week, which was Batman Annual 5, light week of reading, too. Um, what we're looking forward to this week, which kickstarts a whole new, you know, uh, race to, to see how who, who wins this year. Also, uh, we're going to announce who the pigskin pick'em winner was. Todd's Art Attack. We're bringing back the mailbag segment for this week. 
And at the end of the show, spoiler-filled talk of the New Year's Day Doctor Who special, which I know you were so excited to watch and couldn't wait to talk about, but we have to wait till the end of the show, Joe. Well, I saw someone on my timeline uh, tweet out. It's like, oh, I'm thinking about getting back into Doctor Who. Should I? Where should I start? And I had these drafts all lined up of like, <laughs> as a Doctor Who expert. Oh. <laughs> um, but then I saw multiple people quote tweet tagged you in it. So my God, mm-hmm. uh, any joke I have is no good. That's right. You and you, the doctor who aficionado. That's right. Know, but you know, Mia, I figured I can relate with the common person, you know, who hasn't it's seen like the, doctor jo- who. the Johnny come lately. Doctor who fan. It's, the one who's like, Oh, it's popular. It's in hot topic. They mentioned it on episodes of America's Funniest Home Video. <laughs> now I could get involved with this Doctor Who. Right. And Dateline. So. <laughs> but anyway. So news is light, as Todd mentioned. I have taken to subscribing to more creators' newsletters mm-hmm. in the hopes to getting more and more stuff. And it looks as though everyone's just like, yeah, everything's uh, pretty much lined up for the next couple months. We're good to go. No surprises, except a few. Uh, Tom Taylor, who just wrapped up his run on Suicide Squad and us waiting with bated breath to see what his next thing or things are going to be. He's taking over like mid run after all this. I want to call it Future's End. But what's the new DC gimmick called? Um, um. The new DC gimmick, uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Just it's I'm the same way. It's it's right on the tip of my tongue. Future state. Future state. Oh, you mean the? I thought there was something even after that. No, um, no, no. So it's like they're taking the two month break with future state, and then they're launching a bunch of new number ones with new creative teams, and then Tom Taylor is taking over Nightwing, but it's not getting a new number one. It's just picking up with the existing numbering. Right. I think the Flash and like some of the higher number books are keeping their numbers too. Yeah. So. But I don't think Nightwing's that high. I think like Nightwing's currently like issue 76 or something. So Flash is only like 105 and Batman's 105. It's not that much higher. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying though. No, I get you. I just yeah, I'm yeah. I'm looking at 75 versus 100. I'm like, to me, you know, we should have already had 10 new number ones. Joe. Right. So he just said that in addition to Nightwing, he's got a a few new titles that are going to be coming out. And I guess, of course, with shifting schedules and stuff, that Dark Age thing that that was teased, I think, like Mm pre-COVID that he was supposed to be doing over at Marvel is now delayed to like October 2021. Right. Wow. Because it was supposed to spin out of 2020 Free Comic Book Day. There was no official free comic book day. Now that free comic book day 2021 is moved to August, that Dark Ages thing is moved to October. Which makes sense. I mean. Right. Makes sense. It's almost as though Marvel seems to have some sort of plan in place. Mm -hmm. And I guess in those sort of discussions, I guess Chip Zdarsky also chimed in saying that he had something coming from DC that was Justice League related, which is interesting because this might be Chip Zdarsky's first DC work. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't remember Chip Zdarsky working for DC at all. But like like that being said, I didn't realize Jason Aaron worked for DC, you know, on that Penguin book until years later. So, Okay, so I'll say this. 
when I say that he's done stories for DC, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a eight-pager in a Harley Quinn 25th anniversary special uh, three years ago. Okay. And then in the Dark Knight's Death Metal guidebook, he did a Harley Quinn pager. And he was the artist on a Matt Fraction short story in the Detective Comics 1027 Deluxe Edition, like that big 200-page gimmick that came out at the end of last year. Okay. So, like, he's done drips and drabs, but it's never been, like, a full book. Right, right. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm coming around on Chip Zdarsky's stuff. Right. Um, I think his Deadpool was, or yeah, Deadpool. His Daredevil's been really strong. Uh, you know, we've discussed this a couple weeks ago on the show here, right in line with some of the more recent heavy-hitting Deadpool runs that have come down the pike over the last 25 years. Right. Um. And we've been enjoying Stillwater. So, you know, he's one of those guys where I'll give him a shot, you know? I agree. Um, I tried his Daredevil and enjoyed it. Uh, but I couldn't stick around because, I don't know, it just Daredevil was never really my character other than the Mark Wade run. Right. But, uh, yeah, so I'm willing to see what... Oh, and he did uh, Marvel 2-in-1, which I actually was saying that I wished he had gotten FF over Dan Slott. But... Uh, you know, so I I do. I like Chip Zdarsky's writing a lot. So looking forward to seeing what he's doing. Right. So that's really the end of it with the news. <laughs> Quick news segment. Quick news segment. You know what? And I'll kind of move this up here from where it is in the midst of like all the digital sales and freebies, of course, um, to compete with DC doing their um, DC Universe thing with their digital comic thing the digital right. comic interface uh, marvel is having another deal this week um because you know you can get it you can get like you know i think it's like a week free or whatever it is right right to start and then it's like 10 bucks a month or you can get it for 70 bucks uh for the year or you can get what they call the annual plus which is normally 100 bucks okay mm-hmm uh, so the annual plus typically gives you 10% off anything that you get from Marvel merchandise or shop Disney, which I think DC does with their deal as well. Okay. And then you get it, you get invites and access to exclusive Marvel events. Great. For, perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. But until the end of this week, they're offering a deal where that annual plus, which is normally a hundred dollars a month, or $100 for the year is $84 for the year. And with it, you also get um, a limited edition Marvel Legends Miss Marvel figure. Wow. Uh-huh. A Iron Man unmasked uh, Scotty Young pin. <laughs> a Tony Stark logo patch. Okay. And uh, two variants on the newest Iron Man series, uh, issue one and issue two. Uh, it's a John Tyler Christopher uh, variant and a Salvador LaRocca variant. And apparently like, those variants you could only get through this. The action figure variant you could only get through this. So the Ms. Marvel figure, that's Kamala Khan? 
Yes. Okay, just because there's been so many Ms. Marvels, that's why yep, yep. I gotcha. She has a Spider-Man theme costume and comes with extra stretchy limbs. Ooh. So, like I said, it's $15 less, plus you get a boatload of extras if you've been on the fence about the Marvel stuff. And obviously not a paid advertisement, even though it should be. Um, I think they now have it that the books are available three months after print date, as opposed to six months as it used to be. Mm-hmm. So this is Marvel really giving the press to get people to join up to theirs as opposed to DC. Right. I wonder how hot that Ms. Marvel figure will be. Well, you know, again, but- uh, I'm sure there are people like selling the advance of it on eBay. You know what I mean? Right. But I mean, even if you can get what a Marvel Legend figure goes for that, you know, comes off the 84 bucks if you don't want it. You know what I mean? And jo- and anybody out there who gets it, Joe, by the pin. You love Scotty Young. I do like Scotty Young, but I ain't going to get the pin, you know? Oh. Um, yeah, you know, and that's the I'm thing. Kidding. So we're looking at like a Miss Marvel figure on the reg. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, well, let's see. Our keywords here. <laughs> right. Again, this is typically if you're if you've never listened to the uh the Patreon show mm-hmm. for previewing the past, you always have to do sold listings. Mm-hmm. Not just what people are trying to sell them for. And then even then they're funny because if it's a best offer. You yeah. don't know what the best offer officially was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it'll be whatever they they ask for, and then it was like, oh, you know, we I was we were trying to get eighty bucks, but it, it sold that best offer. Uh, I would say the mean price of this figure is sixty bucks. Wow, there you go. Between that and you know, you get the pin maybe in the patch, you could like just cover your whole uh, your Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, yeah. I like I've seen a lot selling for like sixty to seventy. I see like an outlier at ninety five. I see an outlier at thirty one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think the majority of them are like sixty. You know, sixty to sixty five. So I say sixty bucks. Um, it might be worth your investment if you're one of those people who work the eBay uh, opportunities. You know, there you go. Yeah. So uh, you have until Saturday to take advantage of that offer. It's all over any Marvel, any things that you see out there, you know? Right. But if you're old-fashioned like us, of course, you like your print comics, you can get your print comics (laughs) at our comic shop, Comics on the Green. If you live in the greater northeastern Pennsylvania area, you could go to the shop physically, wear a mask. If you do, please stay six feet away from me. Make it six and a half feet. Uh, but if you live in an area where you do not have a local comic book shop, or maybe the local comic book shop in your area ain't the best, ours is. Uh, they do a brisk mail order business. We have a link in the show notes to every episode where you can reach out to Comics on the Green and find out more information about that. Uh, information, of course, about our friend Becky's Instagram and a lot of the original art that she is doing and has been doing over the last however long it is. Uh, She did, like, a process on a Wonder Woman piece that she had done recently. Mm -hmm. And I really like that quite a bit. 
Uh, friends of the show doing their own things. Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, Chris Rudd's Battle Monsters are both available on Comixology, and Rick Williams' The Chop Shop, his little resin stuff that he does of sci-fi, fantasy, wrestling sort of stuff. Those links are all in the show notes as well. Be sure to check all of those things out, as well as soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com, all the shows in our group, our friends, everyone else that we know and allow to come into this, whatever this is, uh, anytime they are on a show uh, of their own or their show goes live, you could find that information at soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. I know Marcus was recently on some other wrestling show called The Wrestling War Zone, talking about a wrestling event that probably took place when he was a child. Uh, but it was a good lesson anyway. But the main shows, of course, in the network, this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Final Wrestling Place, Wednesday Night War, and Adults with Wrestling. Mm. I had a bit of a tough time racking all that together. You did fine, Joe. I would have done worse, so good, good on you. <laughs> so... Uh, also in the show notes, of course, is digital books and digital books, sales and freebies, tons and tons of sales going on. A couple holdovers from the last couple weeks. Uh, Marvel, though, has added in Marvel X-Men Children of the Atom stuff, Darth Vader stuff uh, and Max stuff. Not like by people main, named Max, but stuff from their Max line which I think is going to include the Bendis alias stuff. Okay. Depending on how they cut that sort of jib. And we, you and I, well, mostly me, lament on how DC does what gets retrofitted as Max stuff. Mm-hmm. Or as uh, Valiant, or the, the Vertigo stuff, and then to Black Label stuff. Right. It's weird seeing... Stuff from the late 80s and early 90s, like Electra Assassin and Havoc Wolverine Countdown are now technically Max books. Okay. You know what I mean? No, I get you. I get you. Yeah. They were just like previously standalone graphic novels, and now they're kind of folded into all of this. Mm-hmm. I always equate just Max with whatever said Max on the spine or on the, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the yeah. corner box, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, just looking at that, it looks like it's just like trades of stuff, super cheap. Um, DC is having a sale on Darkest Hour stuff, I guess, leading up to Future State. It's all the stuff that led into like Dark Knight's Metal and all that sort of jazz that's culminating with Mm -hmm. whatever's happening at DC for the next two months. Uh, Dark Horse has a screened comics sale. And Dynamite is having a fantasy sale. And the links to all that stuff, as I mentioned, is in the show notes. Uh, all the companies have been kind of lean on any sort of new freebies. Uh, I think they're kind of starting to pull those sort of things back. And not so much as pull things back, but not be as giving with what they were giving before. Just quietly, like this stuff that we're going to give you for free uh, when things were at their bleakest. It's like, nah, we're not doing that no more. Right, right. Doesn't uh, I don't know if you have it there. I know we were both retweeting it. Didn't they? Didn't Comicsology have a giant sale on all the Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, Jonah Hex stuff too? 
That was last week. That was the sale from like a week and two weeks ago. Ah, okay. So it ended. I thought it went it, into this week. I'm no, it ended like Tuesday morning. That sucks. I would have liked to push that. You know me, but anyway. Yeah, and that's and see, and that's the thing. You know, typically you and I, um, when whenever we look at things, we're like, "Hey, that's part of a, uh, you know, whatever it is, do that." You know, if right. we say the. Uh, the the Jonah Hex thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last bit, of course, I want to mention. Um, Humble Bundle has a bunch of image stuff uh, available, and it's one of those things that kind of sort of pay what you want. Uh, it's going to be done by the time that we go, you know, by the time this episode goes live. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but it was a lot of the newer stuff: uh, Moonshine, um, Descender. Uh, stuff like that. And, like, the more you pay, the more you get out of the thing. But, like I said, unfortunately, it'll be done by the time that we're recording. But maybe this goes up early, and maybe you can get that. I'm not even going to include it in the show notes just because of the time crunch on that. Right. So let's get into what we read from this past week, Todd. Sure. Let's start with the book you were looking forward to most, and the only book that we'll be doing today, is uh, Batman Annual 5 by... uh, uh, James Tinian the fourth and on art it was James uh, Stoke. St- yeah, I was a, I wasn't sure how to say that. Stokoe. Right. Pretty much the origin of Clown Hunter revealed, Joe. It even says it right on the cover, so it's gotta be true. Um this book, like you said, it's it's really pretty much uh Clown Hunter getting hurt in the past, like the Joker war uh storyline recently and he goes to dr tom is it tompkins or thompson uh it's tompkins right i always get that confused in my head um to get help to get patched up because batman kind of told him if he ever needs help he can go there and not only help for that but you know his problems with uh you know killing the clowns and hating the Joker and everything. So he goes and she ends up patching up his wounds. And through a series of events, he ends up telling her like, you know, how he became and like, and she's like trying to say, well, you got to give it up because I know what this road could lead to. Obviously she knows Batman and the revenge and all, and, 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 you know, trying to fix everything. And it's a great story. I really like 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 the origin i like the idea of like how the batarang got in his bat and stuff like that um it but the art i believe totally undermines the story because it's such a goofy like art style that there are moments in the book where bau uh i think that's how you say his name who's the clown hunter is like you know, he's already lost his parents to the Joker and the, and the war is all around him in Gotham. And he's like, I, you know, I want to see what's going on. I want to help people. And he goes downstairs and a woman has been burned by one of the, you know, the Joker henchmen. And it's just, it's, there's no punch to it because up to this point, we've had like goofy video game references and not like, like pictures of like what was been going on. And I don't like the art at all. And there's no teeth to it. When, when it's that goofy. Otherwise, I do believe this would have been a great story and a great origin story. But the art really drags it down. Uh, so, I didn't love the art, but I didn't hate it as much as you did. Mm-hmm. When it hit, it hit for certain panels. And for other panels, it just didn't 
hit at all. And uh, Stokoe is a big name indie uh, comic creator. He has a book called Orkstain that's very popular. Uh, he's got a very successful Patreon that he does a lot of his original art through. And if you piece through a lot of his original art, you're going to see he's a big Godzilla guy. Mm-hmm. And he draws a beautiful Godzilla. I, I believe the, it. And I believe... I, the, I was going to say, the problem is Godzilla was not in this book. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I would I would watch him draw Batman versus Godzilla. That would be something I would draw. But do you know what I'm trying to say? I just... I do. It's just not my thing. So I'm not... And I really dislike the art on the book. But would I like it on something else? Yes, I believe so. So I don't know. I'd like to see like like his orc stain and other stuff. See what style of like story to like what genre, not genre, but like how if it's levity or dark or whatever. I just don't think his art works with uh, dark storyline. That's all. Right, but like I said, I I had a love hate like almost panel by panel uh, with the art in this book. You oh, know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I get what you're saying, that it detracted from maybe the seriousness of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously them touting the secret origin or the origin of Clown Hunter revealed, I think we already knew this. We kind of like had the fishbone of it, you know, like the beats of what it was. And this right. just kind of added a little bit more meat to the bone. Right, because we, like, spoiler alert, it was in the, like, past couple issues of Batman. He hates Harley because she was there with the joke. They, her and Joker years ago killed his parents. You know what I mean? Like, that's been established. But it's, like, how he ended up putting on the, 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 the outfit that he has and ends up going fighting during the war and everything. So I'm like, yeah, the, the, the meat of it, like you said, the fishbone of it. But, you know, I think it, there could have been more there. Love Batman, so and I wonder if we'll be getting any more Joker stuff in the future, and we'll be seeing more of Clown Hunter. Could be. <laughs> if I know DC, and I think I do, we will. More Joker and Batman, please. But again, this is a lean week, you know. All things considered, uh, you know, last week was a fifth Wednesday month over a holiday, so there wasn't a ton of stuff out there, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that leads us to what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, we have the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you're going to sign up for that Marvel opportunity, sell that Kamala Khan action figure, and wait the three months for everything else to come out before Ward, before Arm, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. And we get a little bit more into it on uh, After Dark this week. But the the ongoing standings since 2014 on this is Todd at 5-1-1 one, and, one, and me at 1-5-1. and one. Wow. For the year, that's right. I'm racking up a dynasty, Joe. <laughs> So, uh, like I said, I, you know, it's the beginning of the, um, so it's the beginning of the year. DC, as we've mentioned a couple times during the course of this, is doing a little something different for January and February. We, we shall see how this pays off, but, uh, you go first with guessing what's what. Right. I just want to say I'm mad that I didn't come up with the phrase, the Kamala Khan, C-O-N, 
that makes me mad. But uh, looking at your list, uh, small list, is the book you're looking forward to most crossover number three? It is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would say that that's also the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week as well. Yes, it is. I've loved Crossover, so that is the book I'm looking forward to. Yep, yep. And this is the one a month or so ago that uh, Donnie Cates had teased. It's like, oh, man, big things are going to happen in this one. Make sure you order big, and we're going to make sure that if you order what you did on one, the image is going to help you out, retailers, that sort of thing. Right. Um, I do have a question for you in regards to Future State Swamp thing. Okay. Only that that was like tentative just because I have little to no DC over the next two months. Um, you're, I'm, I'm going to request a review from you next week on that book. Okay. And just the reason I'm picking it up is because, um, DC after the future state is doing a swamp thing ongoing. And this is the same guy that's writing this, right? Yes. So I was kind of like, Ooh, I wonder if, you know, he'll weave stuff in out of this. That's so, part of what I'm looking to get a little bit more insight on. You know what I mean? Right. I won't know if it, if he's weaving stuff into the book that he's doing, but I'm, I'll know if it's good or not, at least, hopefully. So mm-hmm. we'll see. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other things that Todd and I have done. Together, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark. Now, we had plans to do a new Todd and Joe Have Issues for 2021. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what happened to that. I think, like, I got a list of things together to read. And I know yours is a little bit easier to read. Mm-hmm. Do you want to lean to start doing that next week? It's up to you. I um, I was, I guess, kind of on board. and Because mine was easy. I knew all the issues that I needed you yeah. would put stuff together. And then, you know, stuff got, you got sidetracked, whatever. But I didn't know if you still not still wanted to do it, but if you were still sidetracked and was like, I oh, will put it off. Okay. So Todd is going to have me read uh, Jonah Hex from the original Jimmy Palmiotti and uh, Justin, Justin Gray run pre new 52. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have Todd read, not the entirety, but (laughs) the major beats of the Spider-Clone saga. Right. Uh, A post is probably going to go up on longboxheroes.com sometime this week with information of what issues each of us will be reading to discuss on next week's show. Okay. Okay. And that's going to, again, I've been lighting fires under myself to be like, oh, I said on the show I have to put the standings together for the poll post, and then I actually had to do it. Right. By me saying on the show, that means now I have to say, okay, here's where Todd has to start with the Spider-Clone stuff. Right. And then we'll have to figure out how many issues at a pop or whatever. I don't know. Because my mine is pretty easy, because most of the stories are one-shot stories, except for one or two. And then there's like, one six-part story, but they're all standalone stories. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how the Clone Saga works. If it's one, you know, like if it's like mini storylines or what. It isn't. It isn't. If that makes any sense. Right. So we'll figure it out. It'll be up on the website this week. 
Hopefully. And uh, Todd will know probably within the next 24 hours of what he needs to read. Right. And that, once I know that, I'll work with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll make it happen, Cap'n. <laughs> uh, while you're also over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out our store where we have shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, if you want even more fancy items with even more things inspired by this show, After Dark, at Odds with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, you can head over to our T Public store, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. Uh, no sale this week. I think the sale is next week. I think they're back to their normal schedule of like rotating scale- sales every two weeks. Uh, but we'll remind you next week when that 35% sale is going on if you want to get something there. Uh, you could also sign up for our Patreon uh, for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you get two extra shows every month from Todd and I. 2021 brings us seven or six never before seen movies. I pick six for Todd. Todd picks six for me. This week's After Dark reveals who's going first and what the first movie in the hopper is. If you are at the $5 level, you got After Dark already and are listening to the show in the correct listening order, and you already know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. So be prepared there as well. Right. Uh, another way that you can help us out, of course, is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through, which is at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. Go set up all of your family members' Amazon pages <laughs> to our click-through. It's one extra step for you, but then that's an extra advertising fee to us, and that means an extra cut of the money at the end of the month for Todd when, you know, I, I get the money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include somebody rented the movie On Borrowed Time, which I'm unfamiliar with, but it appears to be a movie from the 50s. So you didn't see On Borrowed Time? No, I've never seen this film. All right, let me just write something. Oh. Down. <laughs> uh, somebody also purchased both the Bloodline and Last Shot Star Wars Kindle Edition Expanded Universe books. Uh, somebody, uh, following up on their purchase from last week, purchased some Endura bronze Q-ion foam kerf weather stripping. Whether the first set of weather stripping that they had purchased didn't work out or they needed to uh, reinforce what they had, by all means, thank you for purchasing it through us. Is kerf like knockoff dollar store nerf? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Okay, I just like because when I heard you say Kerf, I'm like, is that a typo? Is or is like Nerf making weather stripping now? No, they should be. Has all the little darts in it, you know. Oh, that's right. You shoot at wherever you want it to weather strip. Right. I heard an ad today where you can go to like your local Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and rent an insulation sprayer. Well, that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Well, I think me hearing the ad is a lawsuit ready to happen, you know? <laughs> right. Ins- insulate. It's like the Daleks driving around yelling, insulate. That would be great. And uh, somebody also purchased a GoPro Hero 7 camera. Uh, GoPro is like one of those fancy cameras that like, you strap to something and you go on like all sorts of like wacky adventures or whatever. Right, you put it on your dog and see what he did all day. Yeah, yeah. Put it on your kid. Right, put it on your cat and see where it goes that it's not supposed to be. Everywhere. Right. 
So thank you everyone for uh, any and all of the purchases. Now, Todd, we have a couple other things before we get into Doctor Who discussion. Actually, a lot of other things. Right. Listen, when when the news is light and the books are light, we pack the show with other stuff. You know, that, or we try, right? Right, we try. So uh, the foot the the official football season is over, correct? The regular season, yes. And we have a winner in our pigskin pickums, right? And this would be a longtime listener of the show. Nay, power listener, if you will, Noah Foss was very proud of himself that he had won. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not that I blame him. Obviously, beating out this motley crew of diehard football fans is quite right. a feather in your proverbial John Cena cap. And uh, your prize pack for winning uh, is in the mail to you. Hopefully, you'll have it by the end of uh, this calendar week. Right. I heard Noah with all his picks. He was playing them foss and loose, Joe. Get Fire it? your rights. Fire or give them a raise, Joe. But yeah, thanks to everyone who participated, of course. You know, every year that ESPN site is always a disaster to get through. <laughs> right. So if you can get through it uh, and you could win, you definitely deserve uh, the prize pack that we're sending out to you. Mm hmm. And, you know, it's not official or whatever it is. You know, if it's someone that lives in the neighborhood or, like, one of our ringers. I mean, whoops. Uh, <laughs> or one of our Saco accounts and they win. They don't get the prize pack. When an actual genuine bona fide listener wins, mm-hmm. we uh, that much more appreciate it. You wouldn't even have to put a stamp on it if words won. Right. Right? I would just leave it in the abandoned phone booth at the mall that he lives at. Oh, I just, you know... No, never mind. But anyway. anyway. Uh, so, Todd, do we have any art attacks this week? We had a couple All from right. Mang Matt. He, uh, somebody posted, uh, well, Sean McKeever posted up an old uh, an old uh, picture that Tom Durenick did of his from his Cap and Wolvie uh, miniseries. Yeah, yeah. So Matt wrote, he's like, he also did a lithograph, Tom did, for uh, Dynamic Forces that he threw my name on along with our retailer, uh, the retailer's name, Dave Romeo, and my name in the background. Maybe this is a Todd Art Attack worthy, and it is, and I completely forgot about this print and that my name was on it um, because, to tell you the truth, I... I'm just going to be like humble here. I've been in so much of stuff that Tom has done and our names have been in the background. I've been in uh, my name's on a tombstone on something that he did. There was literally a scene in like uh, uh, the daredevil, not daredevil Deadpool and cable book when he was doing, he did a couple issues of that, that I was literally a special in a diner on a menu. I think (laughs) like, like just where we would get slid in was absolutely ridiculous. So like when Matt brought this up, I'm like, Holy cow. I completely, completely forgot about that. And I never grabbed one, but uh, that's, that's absolutely amazing. I love that. Maybe if you're good, he'll put you on something, Joe. No, I'm not good. So I won't be, but that's a really cool thing. Um, You know, obviously uh, getting a, you know, a dynamic forces print to go along with something, you know, this is, um, I I think, please correct me if I'm wrong. This may have been one of the first times that Wolverine was drawn more like the movie version in something. He might, he he might've been, I don't know. Cause I couldn't pinpoint this exact date, like of people doing it beforehand, but, uh, right. 
This is, you know, some of my favorite. And this was one of my favorite, like, styles, like the shaded style that Tom did. I miss that. You know what I mean? He doesn't do that much. But I think that's a lot more work, too. You know what I mean? When you're trying to beat deadlines. Um, also, we had from Rebecca's Art, uh, from Kiki Delivery Service, one of her all-time favorite movies. Uh, she do did, I guess, Kiki. I don't know this movie series or whatever but it's a nice you know fun little picture that i don't i don't know much about so i don't know i don't know what to say about it do you know kiki's delivery service uh it is uh i've never seen it it is a very popular studio uh ghibli film Mm. um i know i've been i've seen a few of them this one i have not seen and i look at this piece and one or two things stick out specifically of course at the top of the page, I see some of like the material, like whatever that is, like the gray and the black at the top there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's part of the art piece or if that's some of the art supplies or utensils or so forth that Rebecca used to make this, of course. And then if you look very closely at the, at the bottom, mm-hmm. you have like that outline that's still there. Yeah. I love seeing that sort of like raw stuff still on a piece of art, you know? Right. It's like the old days of having word balloons actually stuck to art. So for sure, like this, it makes you realize, like, see how stuff is done. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's really cool. Um, also, finally, uh, I did an art attack and it's a Derek Roberts Spider Jerusalem sketch I recently received when I donated to Hero Initiative. The choice of characters was a no brainer. Along with the sketch op, I was able to participate in the group Zoom meeting with Derek, which was fun. Um, I can ha- I could say if you ever get a chance to donate to Hero Initiative and get like one of these sketch ops or even a creator because writers do them too to ta- have a fun sh- like almost like 40, 50 minute to an almost an hour Zoom chat. Uh, I highly recommend it. You know, money goes to a good cause, but uh, I honestly think in a simple piece. With Spider Jerusalem, like with like a lot of black and everything, like he absolutely crushed Spider. You know, obviously he created him in the look, but I love like love 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 this piece, and it comes on like Hero Initiative artboard. Um, there, I I was kind of I was thinking maybe I was gonna get a Homelander. I wish I got a Homelander um, because of the TV show because he's he's much you know that character's awesome. But in my heart of heart. Uh, Spider Jerusalem will always be my number one Derek Robertson character. Uh, that is a really nice piece I mentioned before about like seeing like the process in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing it on like an old school art style board with the blues still in there with the mm-hmm. inks. Right, the pe- the blue pencils. Yeah, yeah, the, the blue, blue pencils. Line, but like, you know, I say the blue is only because it's like a blue board as well with the Hero Initiative logo at the bottom and that sort of thing, you know? Right, right. No, that's an awesome piece. That was one of my uh, Derek Robertson, uh, Spider Jerusalem was like on my my top ten list, and I could scratch it off now. So that's that's good. I'll have to go over one of these days what's left, but uh, I'm I really I'm really happy about this one. And and it took forever, and I mean it in a good way because he was doing, and I was told that before, because he was he's doing uh that Hellblazer Black Label book. And that comes out like in a week or two. So when I got the the tracking number, I was like, oh, okay, that's right. You know, the book's at the printers. He's got time to do. <laughs> he's got time to do the sketches. So uh, anyway, I'm happy. That's basically what it comes down to. For sure. So um, last but not least, we have the return of the mailbag. Right. All right. So uh, 
this letter comes into the email longboxheroes at gmail.com and you know obviously if you have a question a concern or an otherwise you can email it to us of course you know the age of social media a lot of times people will tag us or tweet at us or that sort of thing and it just gets handled that way you know uh but this email came in i saw this comic recommendation post going around twitter and would love to hear your choices uh be a friend to a friend you don't know rationale welcome not required recommend a marvel collected edition to a lifelong dc only fan recommend a dc collected edition to a lifelong marvel only fan and recommend a non big two collected edition to a marvel or dc only lifer harper's hanky forever love not broski but kevin ah. p.s thrill zone forever <laughs> that wasn't in the original email anyway this is interesting because yeah. you can't just say a lifelong dc person or a lifelong marvel person right okay at least in my opinion only because the day i think of a lifelong marvel person a lifelong dc person is kind of gone but it's more so of a lifelong specific character you know, that's going to be more common than anything else. And there that's, are, like, the mindset I was trying to get myself out of, right? Right. There are still people, that I know a fact in our comic shop, who only get the Marvel previews, or now we don't do DC previews. They would only get to, and that's all they would order, man. They're still out there to this day. Mm -hmm. But go ahead. So if I'm going to recommend, and, and this is me, um... If I'm going to recommend, let's, you know, let, like, let's do our Marvel together, DC together, and non-Big Two together, right? You know? Like, right, not sure, don't at go, the same time. Right. Um, but if I'm going to recommend a Marvel thing to someone, mm -hmm. I'm going to recommend whatever the collected version of the uh, beginning of the Superior Spider-Man story by Dan Slott. Interesting. Because it's going to give you those two issues of Amazing Spider-Man that kind of lead into... You know what Doc Ock does, and then gives you that information. I feel Spider Man is a safe enough of a character that even I, as a you know, I'm going to say I'm a lifelong Spider Man fan, a uh, very long time Spider Man reader. And when I read that first issue, as soon as I was done reading it, I read it a second time. And that doesn't happen very often with a comic book, just because I have so many comic books. But it was just such a, like an emotional, out of nowhere kind of gut punch. That I feel that it, I felt as though if anyone read this, like collected all together, like obviously I, I would like people to read things serialized and, you know, monthly or bi-monthly or however these books come out. But if that trade exists with those two issues of Amazing Spider-Man in there, I think that's going to, you know, convert people, you know, obviously it's going to make you a fan of that run, I think, because it's such an emotional gut punch up front and then how the story proceeds from there. One of my favorite uh, runs in recent years of a Marvel book. And I think that would sway even the staunchest DC fan. Interesting. See, I kind of went a different way on this where I, and, and that's a, that's a great take, but I went like, I'm giving something to someone, obviously in the zeitgeist, like, you know, like everybody knows who the, the, the Marvel characters and DC characters are like, unless you're living under a rock, even if you're exclusive to one side, you know, the, you know who the other characters are. But I was like, what would give someone who's never read a Marvel comic 
a taste and give you uh, like information, like maybe let help you figure out who you're leaning towards or who you would want to read after that. And also it gives a middle beginning and an end is Busick and Ross's Marvels. Now, okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'll I'll let you do your 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 explanation on this, right? Because it, it's a wonderful tale that's told through the eyes of a journalist, like through the years, and it gives and it gives you it gives you a great like history of the Marvel universe, but also is a great story, and it looks be- like beautiful. So if you're worried about like you know the art throwing somebody off and they have a like there's not a lot of people who who i don't think would hate alex ross great story kurt Busick, great writer it just seems like you know this would be a, a no-brainer to get somebody's feet wet you know what i mean so that's my my look at that that was my second choice mm-hmm. just because uh, for the reasons that you mentioned, Alex Ross, you know, I, I a lot of people so, so equate him with DC and it, a DC, you know, popularized artist painter on a history of the Marvel Universe is about as good as it gets. Right. Uh, now, <laughs> recommending a DC to a lifelong Marvel person mm-hmm. was tougher. Because my immediate reaction would be go to go something Vertigo. Right. But the writer mentioned nothing about Vertigo. They said DC. Um, so my easy thing that I say, I think it's one of the best stories ever, t- you know, ever told from DC. Um, well, it would be the easy one, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to see, at least for the Marvel and DC side, I'm going more for like the... Um, the genre bending things, not genre bending things. It's like kind of sort of the everything you know is wrong storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would recommend the Emperor Joker storyline. Interesting. Uh, the Superman thing where Mitzelpick gives Joker his powers. Joker takes over. Uh, and, you know, only Superman knows something is wrong. And he has to try to find Batman because who could take down Batman better than, or who could t- take down the Joker better than Batman? Um right. So yeah, it's just one of those everything, and it's it's tons of characters that you know. You know, it's your Batman, it's your Superman, it's your Joker, but it's a little bit different of a storyline. Fair enough. That's a, that's an interesting take. I've never read the Emperor Joker storyline, so I I can't say. You know what I mean? Like yep. like get on that thing. But your reasoning is sound, and I'm actually shocked that it's not what my pick is going to be because once again while looking at uh while looking at the idea of marvels i want to give something that's easy beginning and an end and and has like a like a foothold in the dc universe and it gives somebody like a little bit of history about a character is batman year one uh, again, same thing. My second choice, All right? Because it's just a great like introduction to the characters. Like, here's how he gets done. Beautiful art. Um, I possibly think you know the greatest Frank Miller story ever told. Um, and I just think it it's it, it's perfect. I just think that there's like nothing better to give give someone that gives. I look at it as a simple story because I don't want to give anything that doesn't have a like that kind of has keeps running on and on and on, like in these soap opera comics. You know what I mean? Like this is, you don't like it. Go back to Marvel. If you don't like these books or go back to DC, you know right. what I mean? So that's my take on it. 
Okay. Uh, so last but not least is a recommend a non-big two collected edition to a Marvel or DC only person. Mm-hmm. I think the easy answer is Saga. That is a very easy answer. Do you want to go into why before I... Well, you know, we, we talked before that Saga became so much more than what its original pitch was, uh, which was Star Wars meets Game of Thrones, which I guess it kind of sort of is, but it's so totally not that. It's so totally its own thing, but it was the way to get a lot of people into the door. I, I totally agree. And this is my second choice for it. And okay. it it is a great story. It is a great story. And by giving somebody this book, you're giving them quality, which is always your first, you know, you're, that's what you're looking for when you want to give somebody something. Cause you don't go like, Oh, I'm going to give you the, you know, the 38th best story here to, to, to try you give, you know, hook them right out of the gate. And saga is that, but I have a weird thing. Like I, I'm sad that I'm worried that I'll never get to see the end of Saga at this rate. Right. So, like, there's a little bit of that. You know, Fiona Stables are beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And I went to the book that uh, would mean that I would give to a lot of independent people because I used to keep it around for the price point before they raise it. It was a quick six-issue story, and it grabbed everybody I ever gave it to, and that's Walking Dead. Yep. You know, that that's, an, I mean, granted in the, in the realm now, everybody knows the walking dead story because it's been on AMC for a billion years and it's the, you know, the, the New York comic con badges, every pictures are on them, but that story, very simple, very easy. And like I said, everyone I ever gave that, that, that trade to before it blew up, they went, I want to read more. And that's a, you know, that's always a great thing. Walking Dead is on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were kind of in the same ballpark. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, thank you again, Kevin, for your question. And, like I said, look forward to hearing uh, more from more of you, longboxheroes at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's it for the main show before we get into discussion of the Doctor Who New Year's special, Revolution of the Daleks. Mm hmm. Um, I don't think we'll have any show to watch for next week. We're taking a week off, right? Right. So nothing next week. And then WandaVision starts the week after that, correct? I believe so, yes. Yeah. I, I was just it, making I, sure. I had a little schedule of like when everything was starting, but I think uh, it's lost um, in many emails that I send. Yeah, I'm no, it's there. I'm just more of, if you're listening, don't be expecting any... Uh, shows next week because i don't think there's anything in the pipeline nope. uh, until wandavision like we said correct so that's enough of a pause um doctor who it was All a right. thing with daleks yep i have notes okay notes on all the all the stuff that i watch now for all the shows especially doctor who because you want to remember it forever you're going to archive all that stuff no, I think once this tablet is filled, it's going to the trash. Is your Doctor Who trash tablet? Yes. Uh, so, uh, first of all, I always forget that when it comes to these BBC things, all bets are off with how long stuff is. Right, it's going to be what it's got to be. Right, 71-minute runtime. Who boy. Mm-hmm. Now, um, 
they do some cute bits at the beginning with like the Star Wars opening (laughs) a long time ago and galaxy far, far away. And then they explain how long and how far it actually was. And this was a recap of like whatever the last thing that we saw at the end of last season, right? Right. It was the season finale. Yes. Where she was whisked off to jail for crimes of being the doctor. Right. Um, And she left. She sent Yaz, Graham and Ryan home in a TARDIS from Gallifrey chameleon circuit as a house. And since then, you know, Yaz, uh, Ryan has been like, you know, kind of leaving, leading his life again, meeting his friends and everything. Graham has just been doing his thing, but Yaz has been trying to break the, the mystery of what happened to the doctor. Cause they don't know that she's been put in jail, but she's just been missing. And Yaz is just like laser focused. So that's where we were left off. And obviously the doctor's in jail, like I said, so. So we'll get back to the doctor being in jail since that's kind of like the driving force of the main narrative of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the bit where the Dalek that was busted out, like all busted up and whatever, gets like put on that truck. Right. And then the guy who's driving the truck stops at the random on the side of the road tea and burgers cart for something to something to eat. Something to drink, because he said he said to the lady before he left, well, I have time to stop for tea, because I need a cup. And she's like, no, just keep going. And he didn't listen. If he had listened, he would have been fine. Okay, so he stops. His tea is drugged. The woman just leaves the cart there, throws him in the back with a Dalek, and drives away with the truck. Mm-hmm. Do we ever get that followed back up on? Later on, somebody says that uh, that the guy was driving the truck. It was supposed to go to a like a like a safe, ho- like you know what I mean, like a government where the Ark of the Covenant's going to go. Nobody's ever going to see it again. Sure. Um, but somebody tipped somebody off that we were doing it. They grabbed it somehow, and we believe that they have killed the driver because we haven't seen him. They actually right. mentioned it that you know so. So this is a, obviously that'll get followed up on whenever the the season starts back up again. Probably other than that mention, there was no follow up in this episode that we watched. You mean of that the driver? Yeah, that'll probably be thrown away. He's dead. He's gone. No, no. Okay, with, okay. the driver, the Dalek that was taken, the truck, the woman, all that. That ends up going to wherever Chris Knopf, the guy who's running the company, he ended up stealing it to to build. Okay. The Daleks. Like, that was kind of like, him and the Prime Minister were in cahoots. Right, so I knew that they were in cahoots, but it was that um, that Leo guy is the one who, quote-unquote, invented the Daleks. Did he, um, Jack Robertson, steal that busted-out Dalek to bring here to Leo to him use that as inspiration for what he would build that would become the Daleks? Yes. I didn't catch that. Maybe okay. I'm slow on the uptake, you know? Right. Okay. So I'll let you go from here. I'll I'll chime in when I can. Okay. So do you want to you want to save the doctor in prison kind of stuff? Well, okay, so, so I'll say this. The doctor in prison bit was cute because when she goes on her little walk about for like exercise or whatever, mm-hmm. she's in a prison with all of the other Doctor Who villains right. or adversaries or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which, yet again, proves what I've always said. Doctor Who has the fifth best rogues gallery of any sort of sci-fi or fantasy character there is. Right. Well, 
He's in the she's in the top five. But hey, Eric Roberts, man, that 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 gives you the bump, right? I didn't I didn't see no Eric Roberts in this episode. I'm just saying. But he's part of the the Rogues Gallery. All right. Well, that's why it's top five. Okay. But anyway, um, so uh, that I absolutely love because I I was watching this with the fancy gentleman and I loved like his critique as it was going on because it was a lot of Yaz, Ryan and and Graham. And he's like, you know what I love about a Doctor Who special? He goes, is when an episode is when there's no Doctor Who. And I'm like, all right, that's kind of, I get it. But that's when the episode turned around. And I also go, Blink is also an episode with no Doctor. And uh, that's pretty high on the list. But I do love that she's like going to the thing. She's doing her every day. She has the counting the days off on the wall. And it's like a billion of them. And uh, she goes to see the villains. And she's saying she's greeting every security camera as she goes. But then she hears a voice that she recognizes. And it's Captain Jack. And right there, everything turns around. Because nostalgia hits me. It's it's like somebody who's not old and washed up showing up, like maybe like Sting or something like that, um, shows up and he's like this. So immediately I'm in love and he's there. He's been there working his way up to crimes, like his whole explanation of it and him like smuggling in the vortex manip- uh, manipulator. Uh, just I'm like, this is the best. And this is going to be my favorite episode of all the the. the 13th doctors just for captain jack since the last captain jack episode so he breaks her out they go home and uh we find out that uh, the the main character the main villain is using the daleks as a form to create an army to to quench like uprisings in england and and the world he's going to sell them and he's in cahoots with the prime minister yaz ryan and uh graham get wind of it and they're going to stop him but without the doctor it's a little bit harder because they don't have all this stuff that she's uh, privy to. And uh, in the end, uh, the doctor ends up showing up. They meet up. It seems like uh, Yaz has, has taken it the hardest. And she's maddest at the doctor for uh, being like, oh, you've been gone for 10 months. And Jack ends up explaining to her. He's like, that's the life. Someday you're going to leave the doctor's life. It's either going to be on your own terms or against your own terms. But it's something you're going to have to get over the wonderfulness of it. And that's been done a thousand times in this, like people who have left and they've even had characters from the classic run come back in here. And it's like, I was never the same after you left. And I was like, that's kind of what I, what I like about it. But in the end, you know, they end up beating the Daleks and it's, it's a good time for everybody. So I'll just interject and say, uh, I think captain Jack Harkness Mm -hmm. is the best character, right? Of all the Doctor Who people that I've seen in my short time watching Doctor Who. Okay. And didn't he have his own separate shows at Torchwood? Yes, because that's the other thing about the nostalgia that I did like. is like he mentions Rose, which kicked it all off, and why he's immortal. And then he ends up mentioning, he's like, oh, I'm at the end, he's like, I'm with Gwen Coop. Uh, let me say it the right way. Gwen Koopa. Um, that's how her husband always said it whenever she yelled at him, yelled at her, that he's with her and she was part of the group. So there's hopes that they're going to do a, uh, a fifth season of Torchwood. There was four seasons, two, gr- two great seasons, one amazing season, which is what got the fancy gentleman into watching Doctor Who, watched season three, and he was like, only five episodes. He's like, what is this? I'm like, this is Doctor Who related. He's like, what do I need? I end up gave him everything. And then the fourth season, they it came to America to be done, and it was absolutely unwatchable. But Torchwood is awesome. 
So that's where I'm torn. I, I like I knew and I'm aware that there was this separate Jack Harkness show, mm-hmm. and I'm torn in that. Do I want more Jack Harkness, or the amount that they give us is exactly the right amount without him becoming overbearing, no good, something? Let me just say, Jack gets better and better as as you go. If anything. If anything, if you're legitimately like Jack, like as your favorite character, all you really need to do is watch season three, which is which is Earth Day, which is literally our children, children of Earth. Uh, it's literally f- five episodes at like an hour or something like that, maybe a little over like these. And it takes place over the course of five days while Torchwood is trying to stop this slash alien invasion kind of a thing. It, like hand to God, Joe, this is some of the best like TV show that I've ever watched. But like, if you wanted to watch the other 20 episodes that lead up to it, Jack is just as good. And there's some great episodes in there, but that third season is just, you know, magnificent. Okay. Uh, so of course this is one of those like circular time things where, they found the Dalek that was at the end of the previous season, and that's how they 3D print mm-hmm. the security drones that would eventually become the Daleks. Right, right. So is this has okay, so has this always been the origin of the Daleks? Or no. is this something new? No, it's what it was was the original Daleks, and what happened in the episode was the original Daleks, they were on a on a planet called Scarrow, and there's a war, the Thals versus the, the 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 Daleks, and through like dropping bombs on each other, they started to irradiate each other, and the Daleks started to mutate from human form into these like squid creatures that you see that are inside right, the that Daleks. live inside of what we know as the Daleks. Yes. So they ended up, the, the Davros ended up making these the creatures and the shells and everything and then they ended up destroying because what they'd become they believed anything else that was different was unpure pretty much they're in a, you know uh they're, they're they're the nazi race that's really what they were made to be and so these daleks in this episode were uh, just they wanted to create the outer shell because they didn't know there was something living inside the scientist who duplicated them ended up finding genetic material inside that when it exploded. And he's like, oh, I can clone this. And the doctor explains, like, all you need is one ounce, like one genetic cell of, the, of Daleks, and you can clone them, and they'll they'll have the whole consciousness, sci-fi stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it, you can recreate them. But they were slightly unpure, so that's why the doctor called in the original Daleks, because when they saw them, they'd be like, ah, you're Daleks, but you're not quite Daleks. So you have to be exterminated. So that's right. why she's and they, like... You mentioned how the Daleks are supposed to be the Nazi race. Mm-hmm. And they say that these Daleks that she calls in, the Doctor, are the SS of the Daleks. Right. So, and like I said, there's a lot of Nazi stuff in there and, and it works. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. So she ends up using it. And then the, the, the guy, the rich guy, he ends up betraying them. And they end up using that thing that because the because the only thing daleks hate more than unpure things is the doctor because they've 
he or she has stopped them a million times. So she ends up showing up with the TARDIS and saying, hey, I'm in here. Come and get me because the TARDIS has total, you know, room inside. It's it's bigger on the inside. The Daleks all go flying in. And it was the TARDIS from the beginning that she had sent the, the, the companions home in. And she changed the chameleon circuit to make it look like the TARDIS. And then she ended up folding it in on itself to uh, destroy them. Right. So I'll... That- that was okay. a good plan as far as I was concerned. Right. Good plan. And obviously not having watched as much as you have, mm-hmm. the Daleks seemed very dumb and easy to manipulate in this episode. Um, they, they, they are and they aren't. They are when it comes to the doctor because they can be goaded into doing something stupid. Like the classic, I will make you so mad you will do something stupid if that makes any sense. Like, you know, like the reason Spider-Man cracks his jokes because it gets under the skin of, you know, the the villains and everything. That's what this is. And it's like, oh, no matter what, our number one priority is kill the doctor. The doctor's in there. That's where we go. And because there's a billion more out there, we could, it doesn't matter how many we lose. You know what I mean? Like if we blow up a whole spaceship of them, a hundred more will take our... They're like they're like the Hydra of the Doctor Who universe. Hmm. Cut off their plunger and two more will take their place. <laughs> I think those are Blorgons with the plunger. Well, the Daleks have plungers. I don't know if these had them, but... Uh, so that's... the other thing is the, the main baddie, this Jack Robertson guy, the American guy who's working with the Prime Minister to get the Daleks made, mm-hmm. and then he betrays the Doctor and her friends, not companions. And then, of course, when they grab him, he kind of goes back and says, oh, no, I was really, uh, you know, working as a double agent to try to gain their trust. Right. Mm -hmm. And the doctor and the companions just allow him to go with that story and run with with it to the press, not fearing what sort of repercussions there could be of this evil businessman. Uh, being the public face fronting thing of who turned away this invasion of space creatures. Right. And I, I, I get what you're saying, but, uh, and also it's not companions or friend. It's the fam is what she calls them, which drives me nuts because they're companions. But, uh, I looked at it as he was, he had political aspirations and the whole, that past episode where he had the toxic waste under the hotel. It's like that kind of ruined him, but sending back, the like a like get, taking the credit for the alien invasion like the world doesn't know who the doctor and her three companions are here's this rich guy who has all the stroke in the world and now he's in line again to maybe be president what is she going to like say kill him what's she going to you know like that's not her style she's just like well we like i there's not much I can do here. And besides, we need him for next season. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to be the villain. We'll take him right. Down. Like, that's the thing that's going to come back. There's no way he's not going to be in the next season. Now, do we have a... So, uh, do we have a date on when the next season is supposed to happen? We do not. Um, but in all this, uh, Ryan and Graham leave because they want to go off and be with the... Uh, you know, with their, lead their normal lives. Well, Ryan, like they're like, oh, we're going to stay. And Graham says, we're going to stay. And Yaz says, we're going to stay. And Ryan says, I'm not going to stay. Um, I I spent these last 10 months reconnecting with my friends. I want to go continue that and be there for them. And then Graham says, well, if you're going to go, I want to make sure that I'm there for you, my grandson. 
Right, which I'm fine with. Right. Um, which they were leading towards that Yaz would leave. You know what I mean? Because right. she was fed up with the doctor. Um, but end up she ends up staying, which all in all intents and purposes, I wished uh that I'm trying to think like Yaz is my least favorite of the three. So I was like, ah, okay, but whatever. And they end up going off. She gives them psychic paper, Graham and Ryan. So they can do good. Uh, Cause every companion that kind of leaves is kind of like, I still want to put up the good fight kind of a deal. So she gives them some tools, some psychic paper, like, Hey, you can go do stuff. And they plan to do it in the future. And then I don't know where you saw, because I don't know when you stopped. Did you see the preview that the, they're going to have the new companion? There's going to be another guy now showing up. I I did not see that. Okay. Well, it's just, they just have somebody talking and the guy's like, oh, like, hey, I saw your horoscope. It says blue is going to be your color. 13 is going to be your number. And you're going to see some stuff. And the guy turns around. He's like, I don't believe that. And they just was like, bah, 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 actor's name. I forget. He's big in Britain. Bah, 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 you know, companion next season. And that's, that's all they did. So we're going to have a new companion and we don't have a date. On when it's it's filming, like you know, under code of COVID protocols, um, you might have a break until because they said maybe at the earliest ten months. Okay, so probably another New Year's special and then the season. Gotcha, but I that's just speculation, and then it's speculation. Jody uh, Whitaker's leaving after that season. She's uh-huh. doing the whole now new new doctor thing of do don't do more than three seasons and leave. Uh-huh. So, but I just think I just think things personally, I don't know if she's jumping or she's being pushed. I don't know. Because I don't think this has the 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 ratings that the old, you know, the 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 older new episodes have. Yeah, but again, obviously I don't get that far to the woods on these sort of things. I saw some sort of hashtag trending about like Jody is my doctor or whatever. Mm-hmm. After this aired, uh, I thought this was fine. You know, it's Doctor Who. Um, I didn't think it was bad, but apparently, I guess there was enough people that thought it was bad that the people who really liked it had to come out and defend it strongly. Yeah, it's Wonder Woman syndrome. But anyway, <laughs> I, I I looked at it as nostalgia, mentioning Rose, mentioning Torchwood, Jack there. That I liked it, like I said. And I always say that when you have the Daleks show up, they're instant heels for me. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, they're just... The Doctor loves and will give second chances to anybody. And is like, oh, there's, you know, we can save it. But the only person she hates is the Daleks. And the Daleks hate her. And anytime the two of them are in the room together. It's just like, oh, I love this. I, I will never not love a good, like dust up between the, those two top five villains of all time, Joe. Uh, top, top five rogues gallery. Yes. yes. Top five rogues gallery. For sure. So, you know, it was Dr. Who. It was fine. I liked it. Right. It wasn't the I best figured. thing. I figured. Uh, I'll keep we'll, you. We'll watch of, again, you know? Yes, definitely. So. And I guess that's it. I believe so, too. I believe that's, you know, a full episode on light stuff. That's right. We make it work, Daddy. That's true. All Thank right. God for the mailbag. <laughs> so, for Todd, this is Joe closing out officially episode 536 of Logbox Heroes. 
And we will see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.